Hello, and welcome to Liberate Your Soul, a podcast designed to quiet the inner imposter, awaken you to truths known within all of us, so that you can discover your purpose, heal heart wounds, and find where you fit in to feel whole and allow you to make positive, lasting impact on the world. I'm your host, Kelly Pierce, a certified business and personal coach. I help top performers find their authentic selves in order to come from a confident decision-making place. As a fellow seeker, I have found that liberating the soul enables anyone to transition from anxiety to acceptance. It is my hope to provide you with inspiration and tools to help you feel confident, joyful, and loved. To learn more or to connect with me, go to www.quantumhighways.com. Welcome back to Liberate Your Soul. I am super excited, and I don't know how many times I actually say super excited and don't mean it. Probably never, because I'm always pleased to have amazing guests on the show, and today is no exception. Today, I have got the lovely Quintina Sani. She is a radiant, outspoken, compassionate, and tenacious 28-year-old trauma survivor from good old Minneapolis, Minnesota, or as my bestie likes to say, Minnesota. She's known for her contagious optimism, her shiny aura of love, and her willingness to step in to lead when no one else will. She's passionate, audacious, and empathetic. Quintina is regularly annoyed by wannabe gurus who promote toxic positivity. She knows that even though I'm super positive, I'm not toxic. (laughs) Never without her wild hair and matcha latte, she will always remind you of your power and tell it like it is unapologetically. And let me tell you, she will. She's amazing. So you can trust her with your dreams and she'll help you turn them into plans. Thank you, Quintina, so much for being here with me. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to be on your podcast today. Thank you. Yes, me too. So we have so many amazing things in store for you listening. Um, Quintina, I don't even know where to start with you. Like I have been following your journey for about six months now, I think, is when I watched your interview um, with another gal and you were talking about what got you started on your spiritual journey. And it was just so moving. Like I just was enraptured, just completely fascinated. And just my soul was with you. My heart was with you. I just was like virtually hugging you the whole time. So would you care to share that with our listeners today? Yes. Oh my gosh. So, um, I think, the biggest thing for me that really was this big transformational shift was actually kind of my own intuition. And I didn't really understand what that meant back then. Um, But I actually moved, even though I'm from Minneapolis, I moved to Colorado 
and ended up uh, just not having a very great time there. I ended up being arrested for some uh, crimes that I did not commit. And then after getting out of jail, I ended up homeless. And then I was actually propositioned by a pimp to uh, be a part of his, what we would call a stable in prostitution. Um, So I was recruited and ended up staying in that for about three and a half years. Um, And so for me, one of the things that I thought was really bizarre was um, I had what we call like a Romeo pimp who, and Romeo pimps are the ones who are very like, loving and they're like, Ooh, like, you know, let me get you everything you want. We're going to make all your dreams come true. They're kind of like a boyfriend type. Um, so (laughs) they, they really do, um, manipulate the vulnerability of somebody like me who literally had nothing at this point. I was like 20 years old, moved a thousand miles away from my home. Like, I don't know what's going on. Um, but he had me read this book by Napoleon Hill called Think and Grow Rich. And I'm sure that lots and lots of people have read that book. Um, and I found it to be so fascinating. I didn't really understand it at the time. I didn't really, uh, it didn't really compute for me what was happening in the book and what, um, was being taught to me, but I really do believe that that was kind of the catalyst of me actually being able to liberate myself from prostitution and actually leave him, um, all those years later. So when I first got out, um, of the life of the game, whatever you want to call it, prostitution, I started for some reason, I just felt called to look into quantum physics. I don't know. I mean, Napoleon Hill kind of like talks about it in the book. So I was like, oh, let, let's look at quantum physics. Right. Um, and I was like, okay. Um, so I'm like digging around and all of a sudden I'm starting to see, um, which is kind of the inspiration for my Facebook group. I saw this connection of between science and spirituality and I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm the kind of person I need both. I need the the scientific proof and I need the spiritual woo-woo mastery of like all these people who have had these physical experiences. And I'm like, I need to mesh them together. So quantum physics was literally like the best thing that ever I ever could have discovered. Um, so that's really what um, popped off my entire um, spiritual journey, everything I've gone through and just kind of moved through, um, which is so weird and funny because quant- like nobody really understands quantum physics. We like to think we do, but we really have no idea what's going on. But I think that's a very um, applicable thought process to have when we're talking about our own humanity, right? <laughs> like, we're just, we're, we don't know what's going on. We're just doing the things and being a human. So (laughs) I love that. I love that. And Christina, I don't know if you know this, but my business name is quantum highways. Um, because I'm like a quantum physics nerd. Like I study that stuff. Like I've read a lot of books on it and I am a spiritual woo nerd as well. And I think that it's like spiritual highways that we're all on and we're just points, right? We're super positioned. Um, and when we super position ourselves in this world, like we can become quantum. Things can come to us very, very quickly. When we allow, we don't assume things to be, you know, a wave or a particle, you know, we just let the light in and it can just come so fast when we just allow it to be broken open. Right. And we're just like, 
okay, we're open in that way. It's so cool. I love that. Yeah. Wild. So from (laughs) liberating yourself from prostitution and getting away from there, um, which Colorado's got a lot of snow too, by the way, you like the cold, I take it. Um, (laughs) liberating yourself from a prostitution to, um, building a new life for yourself. Like that is tremendous courage and, um, tenacity and I'm just commending you like wow congratulations yes yes thank you it was it was rough (laughs) but all worth it definitely did you end up did you cut ties with everybody that you knew back there and and start over in your your new life yeah I did my pimp will find ways to, um, message me sometimes, but you know, I'm, I'm open. This is, this is the weird thing. And this is like a, a huge conversation, um, in, um, the anti-trafficking world. But for me, you know, I had to, um, I had to forgive him Mm -hmm. because, you know, even though he comes in, he, pops back in sometimes. I don't have communication with him. He'll find ways to, you know, pop in and out, but, um, I don't actually keep a relationship with him. Um, we had what also is called wife-in-laws. Um, I do still talk to, um, one every now and again, one of my wife-in-laws. And basically that just means like another, um, woman that's in the stable or the household. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we, <laughs> we ended up reconnecting. Um, but for the most part, yeah, you know, and I, I had to forgive him because I also had to realize that, you know, through everything that led me to being able to be propositioned and to be, to, to find, um, selling my body to be like a good idea. You know, he had to go through similar trauma and similar heartbreak and hurt in order to think it was okay to manipulate people into selling their body. So like, you know, that was part of my spiritual healing was recognizing that not only did I have pain and I have to take responsibility for the decisions that I made, but out of what circumstances did I make these choices? And for him as well, you know, he grew up in Little Rock, Arkansas, where it was either, you know, follow the preacher lane, um, which his father was, but his father was abusive and like physically, mentally, emotionally, but also called himself a Christian preacher. And then, or you go into gang life and my pimp had chose gang life. Um, He had kids with somebody. He kind of got out of that life, but you don't really leave until you recognize where your, um, where your faults are, where your, um, where you're not able to heal from that. So, yeah. I I love that. I I think that compassion and forgiveness and recognizing that, you know, it's kind of cliche, but it is the absolute truth that hurting people hurt people until 
they heal until they have the courage to recognize and look at themselves and say, wait a minute, I'm going to stand up and I'm going to stop this cycle and I'm going to, I'm going to have love and compassion for myself and honor what I am worth and that I am, you know, valuing and I'm deserving more than this perpetual cycle of damaging others because I'm in pain, right? I'm going to heal my cuts so I can stop bleeding all over everybody else. And I think that's exactly what you did. And it's so beautiful. So, so beautiful. Thank you. Oh gosh. Thank you for sharing that. It just like makes me have the truth bumps of tinglys just feel so good. Um, so you've gotten into a few really interesting modalities over the years, and I'm going to introduce one of, of them, um, and just have you kind of talk about it. Cause I've gotten a, a little sliver of information about it over the last few years, but you go pretty deep with it and that's human design. What, what's that all about? Oh my gosh. When I found out about human design, my whole world changed. Oh my goodness. It was like, it was like a big slap in the face from the universe of like, what are you doing? (laughs) So human design is the science of differentiation. Okay. And so I, we know like a lot of modalities and a lot of like spiritual things. Uh, we, we go off of the law of oneness. We're all connected. We're all the same. We're all one. But human design is actually the opposite of that, where we talk about how we are unique, how our energy is um, unique to interacting with the with the universe, with each other, the world, whatever. So everybody has a specific auric type. There are actually four main types and then one subtype. So generators make up about 70% of the population. They are here to do, they're the doers. And they're actually broken up into generators, pure generators, and manifesting generators. Manifesting generators are about 35% and, um, or 36%, sorry, and uh, generators are about 34%, give or take. Um, so they are here, they're like the foundational builders of the world, which is why it's so wonderful that we have such a huge population of them. Because honestly, if the world was just a bunch of projectors, reflectors, and manifestors, we would get nothing done. I promise you that. <laughs> so, it would be awful. <laughs> That's funny. So what yes. you said generators are the doers. What are the manifesting generators? They are um, still the doers. They still have the same um, they still have the same aura type and strategy. So with your strategy, this is how you make decisions, how you move throughout the world and live your life. So manifesting generators and generators both have the same um, strategy, which is to wait to respond. And what does that even mean? Right. <laughs> We're like, I don't even know what that means. Basically, We're, as humans, we're easy to react very much so. We're very reactive, very much like, okay, gotta, gotta just 
get the things done. But generators are really here to have a response to things that come to them. Generators and many gens are very magnetic. They call and pull opportunities to them. And then they are here to respond to the opportunities that have arisen from their magnetic, um, magnetic aura type. So it's so beautiful. I love, love, love generators and many gens. They're just so wonderful. And they just have this, yeah, this just magnetic energy, which is so beautiful. I'm seeing like a beehive. So, so like you have a beehive where everybody's got a job to do and there's a lot of bees going out and finding flowers and getting that pollen and they've got to go out and do a lot of work. Is that what? Totally. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So generators are the pollen, (laughs) the pollen getters in the beehive. Yes. Okay. Cool. Okay. I can continue that, that metaphor there with projectors and I am actually a projector. Um, So projectors make up about 19 to 20% of the population. And we are here to be the guides of the world. We're here to kind of be the um, auric surgeons. Um, We have a very penetrating aura. So uh, while generators and manifesting generators pull opportunities to them, we actually as projectors, uh, which is why we're called projectors, project our aura into other people. And we can really see things about them that they may not necessarily be able to see in themselves, which is why we make such incredible guides because we are able to literally get inside of you and pull out and absorb things about you. So then when we guide you and teach you, um, it's it's specific to you. We have that, that wisdom about us that we can just pull that out. Now, we have a very tricky um, strategy, though. And <laughs> so we actually have to wait for the invitation. So as a projector, if I just, I, I like to use this Ikea desk um, example because everybody gets it. So um, and this is part of my mental projectorness. I can take um, really complicated things and turn them into like fun stories that people can really understand. So here I am with my with my <laughs> my strategy and authority here. Um, but uh, say that somebody is building an IKEA desk, and if you've ever built an IKEA desk, you know that they're frustrating because all they do is they give you like a, ma- a paper manual with a couple pictures and they're like, yeah, stick this here, but there's no words on it, right? It's just a bunch of pictures. You're like, what the heck, right? So I see somebody and they're they're building this Ikea desk. If I am out of alignment with how I'm supposed to operate, I'm going to go over there and I'm going to rip the um, paper manual out of their hand and I'm just going to start directing them. I'm just going to start pointing all around and be like, I've built plenty of Ikea desks. I know what I'm doing here. Do this, do this, do this. And they're going to be like, um, excuse you, (laughs) like, what the heck? Not okay. I wanted to do it myself. Who are you to come over here and just take these out of my hand, right? So when we are in alignment and we're just talking about how many Ikea desks we've built and how, um, you know, what, 
we've we've even um, been able to cut the process in half or, you know, we've found easier ways to put the pieces together. And then other people are like, hey, I'm building an Ikea desk. I see you've built lots of them and you have really good systems and strategies to build this Ikea desk. Can you help me build this Ikea desk? And that is the invitation that we wait for. We wait for the gift um, or people to recognize our gifts um, so that they can come to us and we are invited to share our knowledge. So projectors are fun. (laughs) I love that. That's so cool. And now I know reflectors are like a rarity, right? Aren't they like 1% or something like that? Yes. Oh, reflectors, dear reflectors. Oh, my heart. I love reflectors. Reflectors are the ones who are here to, they have completely open energy centers. So there's nine energy centers in human design and they don't have any that are defined. And defined just means that the energy from that center is going outward instead of um, absorbing. So reflectors are really here to just sample everybody's um, energy, the world's energy. They're here to just experience everything. And then they're here to reflect upon what they've noticed as they've collected this data and share it out of pure wisdom and pure experience with the world. Oh, they are so beautiful. Um, I feel like, um, when you get into human design, since they're such a small population, reflectors often get kind of forgotten in the in the human design world because, you know, they're just kind of these, like, everybody kind of feels like they're so, like, esoteric and just like, oh, like, reflectors, like, nobody knows. But really, they are so powerful in, even in their openness, in their design, um, you know, they, they just have such a beautiful way of being able to feel everybody's stuff and just be able to reflect that back and be like, here's what I've learned. Here's what I've um, kind of put together as I've experienced all these things, all this energy. Oh, how beautiful, right? <laughs> oh my gosh. Like I, I heard of one person's husband who was a reflector and that's it. Like, I mean, not a lot of people, I think, know a lot about human design, but I want to seek one out and just like, can I be your friend? (laughs) Oh my gosh, right? Um, To just be around that energy and just discover it, you know? Totally. Um, Ash um, from the yoga couple on Instagram is a reflector. Um, And uh, Jordan from... um, uh, oh shoot. She does the celestial diet. Um, I can't remember her handle. Um, oh, the balanced blonde. She's also a reflector. So beautiful, beautiful examples of reflectors, like living in their design and just being reflectory. Oh, they're so cool. (laughs) (laughs) So cool. Was there another one that, um, okay. What's the last one that, um, so manifestors, oh, oh okay. I love manifestors. Manifestors are so misunderstood. They have just this, this dense, dense energy about them. And, you know, it's really because back in the day before um, projectors and reflectors came about, 
manifestors were the kings, queens, pharaohs, authority figures. They were really here to initiate. They're here to bring new ideas and, and bring leadership and, and, and really like lead the way um, for the rest of us. Um, but <laughs> back way back when, before like before the 1700s, before um, we really, before projectors and reflectors actually started to come about, manifestors were really the ones who kind of enslaved the many gens and the generators. And it was like, well, I mean, you know, it would kind of make sense because generators are really here to like wait for our opportunities to come and manifestors are here to like bring the opportunity. They're here like, let's go. Um, so they're about 9% of the population. So they're really, honestly, when you think about like hierarchy and royalty, that seems pretty accurate for, um, for that. But I think the misunderstanding comes from this, um, this need to like initiate and like, they're kind of like a get out of my way. You're in my way. <laughs> like I need to do this, please move. Um, and they just have this wonderful, um, yeah, just this wonderful ability to just like have all these sparking these new ideas. And they're really here to push that forward and really, um, lead the way for new thoughts, new pathways. Um, they're really incredible. My best friend and my sister, who is also, um, I consider one of my best friends, are both manifestors. And my best friend just had a daughter, and she's also a manifester. And so I'm just surrounded by manifestors. And it's just, oh, it makes me so happy because um, I really feel like as a projector, I, I, since I since I can see so much into them, I just kind of understand them um, <laughs> in a way. But yeah, just with their dense energy, manifestors are often really misunderstood. And I really think that they're incredible, strong-willed people. We just have to get out of their way because they're here to push people out of the way <laughs> and get it going. <laughs> right, right. Love it. It's so interesting. I want to learn more. But it, I, for somebody who's just like hearing this for the first time, right? Somebody who maybe doesn't know, like is maybe only a tiny bit woo. Um, <laughs> like right. what if somebody is out of their element? Because it almost sounds like a hierarchy um, or designed for a hierarchy. But what if someone is a is a manifester, but they're in a generator role or they're a generator, but they're in a leadership role. And does it get them kind of out of, out of, um, cattywampus? Does it get them out of their, you know, are they out of balance or out of alignment? Can they, can they still walk in their life path? Like, let's say I'm a VP of a company and I'm, I'm not a manifester, or let's say I'm, you know, an entrepreneur and I'm a, I'm a generator. Is that still going to work out? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because it's not so much the role that you play in your life. It's how you got there. So if you are a generator and technically back in the day, generators were here to really do the work, but you're in this leadership role, you waited if it's, if it's aligned for you, if it feels good for you, then you are going to have been waited. You waited for that in, or that, um, 
response to happen in your body. And you know that you are on the right path when it feels good, when it excites you, when you're just full of joy. That is the generator signature is just the full body. Yes. The excitement, the, the satisfaction that, um, you have in the role that you play. If you are not satisfied in that role, then it is not the one for you. You are often going to feel what we call your not self theme, which is frustration. And that is the surefire signature um, to be like, oh, hey, I am not in alignment here. Mm -hmm. If I'm feeling frustrated about this particular situation, Mm -hmm. I either need to pivot or I need to cut it off. Like those are the options. It, it has to be a full body. Yes. For the generator and the manifesting generator, because they have this defined sacral where they get their answers from. And this, the, the sacral is just that, that response energy center. Um, the other um, three types do not have this sacral um, defined. So that's how, you know, um, well, one of the ways, you know, that you are not a manifesting generator or a generator, and that is what is unique to their auric type. For me, I'll give you an example. For me, I actually was in a corporate job and I was answering phones. I was kind of doing the desk work, doing cleaning and just being around people. (laughs) And I love people, don't get me wrong, but I was so bitter and my um, my not-self theme, projector's not-self theme is bitterness or resentment. Mm-hmm. And I just resented this job so much. And so, you know, even as a projector, I could feel that I was not where I needed to be. Each type, which is so wonderful, um, has its own not self theme. And when you, yeah, it's so good. And a lot of people, when you read online about human design, a lot of not a lot of articles that I've read on the not self theme are very discouraging. But I really want to make it so clear to people that having a not self theme is literally so important because it is it's the sign that says, Hey, you're not in alignment. Like we gotta, we gotta do something about this. Like if you're feeling this, like we gotta, we gotta wiggle out of this. Um, so I love, love, love that we have not self themes that we have this, this, um, energetic trigger of, Hey, like, no, 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 we gotta, we gotta do something about this. So really, really beautiful. Well, I think it's important to understand that just because things don't feel good doesn't mean they're not good. So I think of it like when I go to a buffet, right? And I am not a picky eater. So it's probably a bad example. But if I go to a buffet and they have like some food up there that I love, like let's say they have crab legs, I'm going to go get some crab legs, but they have liver and onions. I am not going to go to the liver and onions. That's going to gross me out. I'm going to hope that that's really far away and down at the end, and I'm just not going to go home to that station, and it just doesn't feel right for me to eat that because that's gross, and anyone who eats that, I think that that's really gross. I'm just never going to agree with you. <laughs> so, like, it's okay to not feel good. It just identifies what you don't 
want in this life, right? And that's so okay. Like not everybody, and I'm so huge on being authentic and real and like, it's just not for me, right? And and if that role is in relationship, if it's in work, if it's in what you do in your free time, right? Maybe you don't like a certain show or you don't like to watch TV at all. Like I had a whole hiatus for years where I didn't watch a thing. I just read books and meditated and did my thing, right? Went for nature walks. Like no one thing should ever be... You shouldn't always be happy, happy, joy, joy, right? It should, you should be real. Like, yeah, over, over good. I, I choose, right? Absolutely. And the law of polarity really, really drives this home. Like, you know, the, everything is just a varying degree of the same thing. Like, if it's hot or cold, it's really not hot or cold. It's just a varying degree of like, some people would say 75 degrees is hot, but some people would be like 95 degrees is hot. Like it's all, it's all about polarity and where it sits on a scale and everything has a scale. So anger or disappointment or, you know, any of these not self themes are just a varying degree of your own human experience in that emotion. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that they're so incredibly important to, to have because I mean, they're, it's a universal law that they exist. So we can't really do anything about it. So we might as well use it as a tool. Right. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm just picturing like the, the universal laws up on a chalkboard and you just walk walk by with a little eraser and nobody's looking. So you just erase that law of polarity. Like, <laughs> what was that? <laughs> Which one was that? Don't worry about it. It's yeah. fine. It doesn't matter. <laughs> You'll never know. It's gone. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wait, we're right? Just oh. Law number 12. Um, so... <laughs> That's good. I love it. I think this is a beautiful segue talking about emotions. Oh my gosh. So I like I repressed my emotions for so long because as a victim of trauma, like who wants to feel that's gross. Um, But I know that you are a breathwork practitioner and through breath work, we can express ourselves and things can come up. You want to talk a little bit about that? Oh my gosh. Yes. My other absolute favorite, most life-changing modality ever. Um, wow. Yes. Breath work is oh, so beautiful. And as somebody like you, Kelly, where, you know, I have experienced plenty of trauma, um, Breathwork gives me this ability to feel my emotions in a safe container where I'm able to bring them up safely and knowing that, you know, this is just a body response and I'll get into the the scientific reasoning why it works and the woo-woo stuff. But really, as somebody who's experienced trauma, any type of trauma, it is just this beautiful, safe space to express these, especially because a lot of traditional um, uh, healing modalities or, um, you know, even like traditional therapy focuses on people being 
broken and needing to be fixed. Mm -hmm. And personally, I don't believe that even if, even through all of my trauma, even through all of the horrible things that I've seen, I do not feel broken. I don't feel, um, you know, I don't feel like I am in pieces. I feel whole, but parts of me are just things I don't understand. And I, I haven't been able to process. So scientifically speaking, the way that breathwork works is it actually kind of creates a bridge from your subconscious to your conscious. And normally breathing as a you know, as something we do, we don't have to sit there and think about breathing, right? Thankfully, our <laughs> body is just like in and out, in and out, in and out, right? Because yeah. if I had to hear about that, you're saying because all I hear is inhale, exhale. Sorry, <laughs> like what? I'm sorry, I was breathing. <laughs> you know, that would be terrible. Yes, yeah, so it's a subconscious action that our body just does, right? It's just something that happens. So when you are consciously breathing, you are actually bringing this very subconscious, I don't really, you know, I didn't even notice I was doing this to the forefront of your brain. And it puts you into a quote, like what they would call a um, parasympathetic um, reaction. And this is kind of like your fight, flight, freeze. Mm -hmm. But being able to bring the fight, flight, freeze into your conscious instead of having whatever that trigger is randomly popping up in the middle of your day, causing things like anxiety attacks, panic attacks, PTSD, depression, all the things, right? You are actually able to feel that emotion in a safe space, because you are now kind of bridging the the gap between what's happening in your subconscious and your in your body's reaction and you're bringing it to the conscious. Yeah. And it's such a beautiful way to reprocess these emotions that are stuck in our body because a lot of people think trauma is in our mind, but it's really not. Trauma lives in the body. It lives in so many random places, which is why sometimes somebody can just like touch you in a way like on your arm or even on your leg or something and it can be totally triggering for even though they didn't mean it, it, your body just reacts to something that happened. Right. Mm -hmm. So that is the really cool sciencey, um, side of it. And I love to kind of mesh it in with the woo woo aspect, um, the spiritual side where as a facilitator, um, and as, a a piece, a living piece of the universe, I am here to channel the love from the universe through me to, to really, to really humanize it and then give it to you as you are experiencing these, whatever you experience in your breathwork session. So, you know, sometimes people have really like happy experiences. Sometimes people have breakthroughs, but there are times where people do like process traumatic events or um, hurtful emotions or whatever. And so really all I'm here to do 
is I am here to literally be the channel of love um, because that is what the breath is. The breath is the biggest gift that the universe has ever given us. Your higher power loves you so much that they gave you the gift of breath to bring life into your 3D body. And this is how you heal it with the love from the gift that was given to you. So I am just here to be a channel of love, a channel of this beautiful gift, because a lot of times the reasons that we're being triggered or still experiencing these traumas is because we're not experiencing love in those moments. We weren't experiencing love when we had these traumatic events happen, when we, um, uh, had these limiting beliefs pop up in our head. So I am literally um, pushing through my own vessel to you, giving you a safe space to feel whatever it is you need to feel without judgment, without um, limit, because I am just the channel of this beautiful gift um, that the breath is for us. I love that. That's so beautiful. Um, I went to a breathwork session here in South Florida and they coupled it with sound healing and it was tremendous. It was so powerful. And myself being an energy practitioner, I, one of my clients invited me and, um, I, I was like, yeah, of course I'll go. And so I, I remember feeling because I just have such a connection with them. And I remember feeling what was going on with them. And I, I just sent so much gratitude and love to my client. And we finished this session of breath work and they were weeping and just, they just were like, they couldn't stop because they were overwhelmed with the gratitude that I had sent to the, They were like, that's what it's all about is just the gratitude and the love. And it, I mean, it was so transcendent, just the, the, the energy that was built in that entire circle. There were probably about 21 people there pre COVID. <laughs> um, but it was so fantastic. The, um, magnitude of energy and how we were all connected through the breath and through the experience and how my own energy was, you know, with the, with the woman facilitating and with the divine that I was able to truly have a transcendent experience. It was, it was magnificent. It was really, really out of this world. So, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh. My best breakthroughs have come through um, breath work. And it's so funny because when I first heard about breath work, I was like, you, you're telling me that I can just breathe my trauma away. Okay. You're crazy. Like you're dumb. Like, no. Yeah. Um, but then I kept, I kept seeing it and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to go to a free class. I'm just going to go do it. Like whatever. So I did. And I was like, why did I resist this for so long? Why in the world did I wait so long to do this? This was the, the best thing ever. And really like that very first session was just this like opening, this awakening for me. Like I felt like I could be a part of my body again. And, you know, for me as somebody who's experienced like physical and sexual trauma, I a lot of the times don't feel like I'm a part of my own body. Mm -hmm. And so just being able to 
connect back with something that happens all the time, even when I'm not thinking about it and really remembering like every time I take a breath, I am loved Mm -hmm. every time. And that for me, just knowing that, remembering that um, has really helped me just to connect and, and, and start to really re-love myself because truly I believe that most of the time, either we are searching for love or we are giving love. Like people do things out of like bad things that hurt people out of just searching for love. They just don't know how to, how to get it. So they just do things that make them feel better because they don't know how else to get it. So And I want to bring up too, I, and it's a super nerdy book, but it's so explanatory of why that is. And it's, it's really connected to what you talked about in the beginning with the parasympathetic and the sympathetic, um, systems and the vagus nerves and all of that. Like it's, uh, it's called the body keeps the score. And it really explains about how trauma is stored in the body and how we can control that through the breath and through um, truly considering all of that. And it's it's fantastic. I mean, some of it is very, you know, I mean, obviously it's written by Vessel van der Polk. I don't, I don't, I think, yeah, I'll put it in the show notes. Um, but it's... It, tremendous. He works with, um, PTSD and vets and combat veterans. And, um, he was a student of, um, like pharma pharmacological therapy. He was like, okay, we're going to study how we can alter the brain's chemistry with these drugs. And he quickly realized like, that's not the way, you know, like we need to do something different. And so he developed all these other things. But just through breathing, and like you said, the conscious and the subconscious are absolutely linked through that breath. I love that you link it with the um, the wonderfulness that the gift of life is through breath. And when we have, you know, we're in fear for our life in traumatic situations, our breath becomes more shallow. When we are, you know, rest and digest, we're, our breath becomes deeper and our body relaxes. So when we can consciously choose to allow in a safe space to, you know, bring those things up and choose our breathing, it's it's transformative. It truly changes everything. It's a it really does. Yeah, it was, it was revolutionary for me. And I was like, okay, after the second, um, the second class I did, I was like, I'm becoming a facilitator. I don't care. This is the most amazing thing. And I really wanted to bring it uh, specifically to um, sex trafficking survivors, because like I said, you know, as somebody with tons of sexual trauma, you feel like so disconnected from your own body. You feel like a lot of the times you don't even want to be connected to it. I'm just like, ew, this thing was like, this thing is so gross. Why do I have to be in this body? Why is it this body that had to experience these things? And so, you know, even through, um, you know, a lot of my healing, there's still parts of me that I get to work through with breath work and just really reconnecting and reintegrating my spirit and my soul back into the body that really gave me the ability to be like, oh my gosh, like this body has carried me through so much and has given me so many opportunities, so much, um, just so much experience that now I know that I went through that 
all to be the person that I am right now, to be able to be the container of love that is needed to heal. And, and I'm not even doing the healing. Like I, I'm not doing the healing. The breath does the work, but what I am here for and what really makes it so powerful is just being able to see somebody that maybe isn't experiencing the love of the universe that maybe isn't experiencing that self-love that they need to have that breakthrough. And I get to be um, such an honor, such a blessing for me to be able to channel the love of the universe to that person and just give them a safe space to have the breakthrough that they need to have because whatever happens in our sessions, it's, it's perfect. It's exactly what you needed. And you said this even before um, we started the podcast that like, you know, the universe doesn't give us anything that we can't handle. And so whatever happens in our session is perfect. And, you know, it's, it's what people need in that moment. So it's just so, beautiful how it can be so specific and everybody has like such a unique experience with it every time. What is a typical, I have two questions for you. Like what is a typical session like? Is it like a half an hour or is it an hour? And how often do you recommend people practice? I mean, you're a practitioner, so you probably do something daily. Um, but what, what does it kind of look like? Yeah. So in your in the first one, what I like to do in your very first session, it's a 90-minute session because in the beginning we talk about like what you might experience because if you've never done breath work, there's some um, physiological things that can happen, kind of freak people out. Um, so I just want to be like, hey, you know, you might get little lobster claws. Don't worry about it. Totally normal. Just, you know, um, relax your breath or do what you need to do and it'll go away. Um, so things like that. And then it's really um, 30 to 35 minutes of what we call an active breath. And I do a three-part active breath. So we, we fill up the belly, we fill up the chest, and then we exhale. And it's just a natural exhale. You know, it doesn't have to be forced or anything. Um, and the faster you do it, the more of a heightened experience you'll have, the slower you do it. Um you have a little less physio physiological stuff. Maybe I've never experienced the lobster claws um, with mine or the tetany is what it's called. I've never experienced that. Yeah, yeah. No. yeah so yeah, I've never experienced that. Um, but I have had clients who have experienced tetany while um, in a session. And um, thankfully, I warned them. Do you think that that's related to like maybe where they, they've not been consciously breathing or where they're storing trauma? Maybe. Well, yeah. So um, I, the science says that tetany happens when um, you're, when you've forced CO2 into your body at a heightened state. So like when we're breathing through our nose, we're getting whatever amount of oxygen and CO2 and things like that. But when you are doing the active breath, you're actually increasing your CO2 and the oxygen um, will kind of not kind of freak out. And it's like, oh, I don't know who to connect to because it connects to your hemoglobin. It does all this crazy stuff. And we're just like, oh my God. So it doesn't really know what's happening. Right. Mm -hmm. But what that does is it kind of moves the energy 
and we we have a lot of energy points in our hands. You know, when we're as healers, you, we, you know, you know, when we put our hands on things, we can feel things. We have lots of sensory in here. So it definitely is a portal in my for the woo-woo side of this, it's definitely a portal for this energy to receive or to um, escape. Um, so yeah, absolutely. I think with like tetany, it also happens around the mouth sometimes. So you kind of get those purse lips. <laughs> um, but oh, yeah. Oh, shoot when you're done. <laughs> right? Oh, it's cute. It's real cute. Um, and I feel like if, if it happens in your hands, that means that it's moving out of your body. I feel like if it happens around your mouth, that means that something's not, you're not saying something. You're not, you're not liberating yourself through your own voice and maybe you're holding things in. Um, there's no science to that. That's just my experience, but yeah. Um, that's what I feel. Awesome. That is so cool. So I want to give people an opportunity to work with you. So how would they get in touch with you? So um, I love, love, love Instagram. Um, you can find me at Quintina Sani. Um, you can also, I'm super active on Facebook. I know like all the cool kids are over on Instagram, but I love to be old school and I'm obsessed with Facebook. Um, so you can find me. I have a um, public profile over there. It's just Quintina Sani, my name. Um, and then, yeah. That's pretty, those are pretty much the two places that I um, hang out the absolute most. If you do want to schedule either a human design reading with me where we go over um, how your org type works and all the good stuff, you can just shoot me a DM or a PM over on Messenger or in Instagram. Mm -hmm. um, you can also send me an email. My email's on my um on my Instagram. So you can just press the email button on my Instagram profile and it'll send you um, right on over to me. Okay, fantastic. So Quintina, is there anything that you could, if there was like one thing that you could leave our listeners with, with a tip uh, that they can maybe take a practical application that they can use every single day, what would that be? Or just something that you want to leave people with, what would that be? Yes. Oh my gosh. Just remember and remind yourself that you are so loved. Like I can't even tell you, I can't, there's nothing I could say that could ever actually give justice to how loved you are. And, you know, whoever your higher power is, wherever you get your energy from, um, just know that you were created so perfectly. And something that I like to integrate um, into my um, practice. And also, um, if you would like to keep connected on the science and spiritual aspects, you can actually go to Science Meets Spiritual um, on Facebook. So, um, there's tons of ways you can get to that. But um, something that I really love to do is um, affirmations. And I know that like so many people are like, yeah, I know affirmations, but really, truly, the more you say something, the more you're going to believe it. Your reticular activating system is going to change its little filters and it's going to do all these lovely, crazy things. And it's going to show up and give you results. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So just I love that. 
I love that. Oh my gosh, you guys. So if this is your first podcast episode, you have got to go back and find the one that I did on the reticular activating system of the mind (laughs) and of the one that was on affirmations and the power of reciting affirmations, having them. I literally have one right in front of me that says, I allow myself to become more fully me. And all of my other ones are more packed away because I'm literally in the process of moving my house. But that's the one that I left out because it's all about who we are, right? Becoming ourselves. So, oh my gosh, Quintina, you are amazing. You are a gem. You are a gift to this world. And I just honor our time together so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh my gosh. And I literally, I feel the same about you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for connecting with me. Thank you for reaching out. Oh my gosh. Um, (laughs) Shameless plug for Kelly. If you haven't had an Akashic reading, you need it because that, that was amazing. So um, I'm just so happy that we're connected. Thank you. Thank you so much. And we will connect again. You will, you will definitely be coming back. I know that for a fact, because you're amazing. So um, again, guys, I will be putting the links to get in touch with her to book a session, whether it's human design or breath work in the show notes, as always, Um, and all of our book references and all the good stuff that you know how to get to. So make sure and reach out. And um, gosh, just have an amazing, amazing week, everybody. Until next time, take care. 